0: Scary movie.
1: Fear is defined as a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Congratulations,
2: you are still alive. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Mm
3: -hmm.
2: For fun? Most people are so unwavering. I'm so sorry to be alive. What do you want?
4: Presence in the house with me. We can't hurt you if you don't believe. I suggest you leave that house.
5: Do it, Gordon.
1: Tell me what you
4: do.
5: It's not even real. No.
2: they're even more powerful than we thought. There they are. I'll handle this, Steve I'm sorry to bother you boys, up. Uh... We had some trouble at the park last night and uh, well everything seems to point to you. That's him. He's the one all right. almost tore my arm off. Gene's clean. A pussycat.
1: Almost. Hi, Curly.
2: Look, Someone vandalized our park last night, uh, smashed uh, some of our buildings, and injured a few of our guards. Well, Gene, they think it was you. Think? It was him. Or his twin. Gene's brother was an only child. Easy, Catman. They are serious. And they've got guns. This guy's dangerous. I want him locked up. All right, look, look don't, don't get excited, Sneed. I mean, let's talk about this privately. Excuse us. Well, uh, I'm going for no, the police. No, thousand dollars a show. Let them finish at the park tonight and you can launch a full-scale investigation and I wanted to feel. He's convinced you did it, but the investigation's a stroke. He just wants the guy off his back. He's sweating the possibility that we might pull out. He's just plain sweating.
6: (sighs) Okay guys, let's go.
2: I know rock and rollers tend to get rowdy, but what uh, we want is a nice show tonight, boys. You get some rest.
1: You're welcome.
0: He was worse than dead. His brain is gone. I'm going to have you start regardless because you started earlier, so
4: go ahead. Uh, Hello, everyone. Um, So thank you um, for joining us tonight uh, on Inside Movies Galore. Uh, Tonight's movie is Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park, also known as Kiss in Attack of the Phantoms, also known as Attack of the Phantoms, depending on which region you're watching the film. It was a like, 1978 uh, made-for-TV movie, originally aired on NBC, and uh, produced by Hanna-Barbera, the cartoon studio known primarily for Scooby-Doo and other classics uh, from the 60s and the 70s. Um, so but yeah, it really shows a, the
3: plot, by the way. Yeah, well, yeah. We're,
4: we're definitely going to get to that, but um, the um, it's just an interesting thing that they're known for. Being, uh, you know, having created a lot of classic cartoons, and yet this was a live action thing that they did. Um, but yeah, this was... Well,
0: and actually... Actually, um, what? I read up on it. Um, actually, um, stop.
7: There is cartoons, right?
0: Park that had to do with Six Flags, I believe.
4: It was Magic Mountain in California where they uh, filmed. and um, Yep. Yeah, and uh, it was interesting that uh, this was KISS, just for those of you who don't know, obviously KISS is the biggest band in the world, as they like to call themselves, and uh, in 1978 they were at the height of their commercial popularity. You know, they had, just had uh, uh, their famous uh, Alive album, which popularized and revolutionized the concept of a live album, and they then had the uh, best-selling album *Destroyer* come out right after that, and uh, then they just had hit after hit album, and um, obviously huge, hugely successful uh, concert tours and television appearances, merchandising. And so, what's the next logical step? Make a movie. And the original Laser concept, eyes. yeah, the original concept okay. was the next
7: logical step.
4: Yeah, the the original uh, concept was for them to make. Star Wars crossed with A Hard Day's Night, which uh, Star Wars, of course, this was 78, so Star Wars had come out the previous year. That was the biggest thing in the world. KISS was the biggest band in the world. And then, you know, what's the next logical step? Make a movie that crosses those two things. What uh, could go wrong.
1: Were,
4: Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs>
1: uh,
7: laser eyes.
4: Yes. <laughs> many laser eyes. So, uh, let's start with ryan um because you're new uh what did you think of kiss meets the phantom of the park
2: well i should probably preface my statements as being that you know i've i've been a kiss fan since i was three years old um i actually remember seeing bits and pieces of the tv movie when originally aired which also if um for anybody that doesn't know is actually the second highest rated TV movie of that year right behind uh the mini-series Shogun.
4: That's um, sad.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was it was big. I mean, it's it's a it's a steaming pile of poo. Let's not like just not yeah. let's just be real about it. It's not a it's not a good movie by any stretch of the mat. It's funny and fun to watch. It's like kind of the ridiculousness of the whole thing. And I mean it was an entirely entirely set up to fail because like nobody saw a script um the members of the band were basically uh given their lines before the start of the scene and then they kind of rehearsed their lines a couple times and then it was like and roll which is why the dialogue is about as stiff as a you know a board and also they didn't record uh you know, they they had to have uh, the band members come back in to loop their voices um, for where where the audio wasn't good, and Peter Chris was MIA, which is why if you watch the movie and you're you know, go, wow, I didn't know Peter Chris did voices for Hanna Barbera cartoons. No, he didn't. It was one of their their stock players that <laughs> did Peter Chris's voice. Um, right. But it was just yeah, it was it, it it it's one of those things of you know. When I think at that point, the, I think Kiss Beats a Phantom of the Park was for sure Kiss's jumping of the shark moment, you know, as far as, you know, where it just like, you know, it started off as just, you know, like for me, that like when I think of Kiss and the things that make me smile about Kiss is when I think of their early years, you know, like they're from like 74 to 77, where it was like still raw. It was a little dangerous it was a little you know you know edgy by the time you get to kiss me of the park this is the point where okay now they've had dolls and models and radios and record players and all sorts and baseball cards and all sorts of stuff so it just it got to this point where it was just it became a, a, a circus family entertainment and this is that point where it just kind of finally, it was the tipping point. A circus, you (laughs) say. A circus, you say,
4: could it have been a psycho circus?
2: (laughs) Oh, gravy, it could, yeah. And that's actually funny, because it seems like how history kind of repeated itself, because then, you know, flash forward to 1996, the reunion happens, and it starts off as this kind of like oh my god they're back together and it seems so awesome and then it was just like the drip drip of merchandise just kept flowing and flowing and it gets more ridiculous and more ridiculous and it's you know there's kiss condoms there's kiss coffins <laughs> there's kiss you know anything if if it'll sit still long enough for Gene Simmons to slap a logo on it and patent it and trademark it it is out there with Kiss's name on it. It's just, it's, re- I remember going to get <laughs> Kiss, kiss Psycho, th- right? Kiss the Flamethrower. Kiss the, <laughs> breakfast exactly. cereal. The, the kiss, kiss the breakfast. I, honestly, that is the one thing there never was. There was never a Kiss, there was never a Kiss a breakfast cereal. There were <laughs> color forms, Shrinky Dinks, all sorts of, you know, paraphernalia, no cereal. They sh- there should have been there, shouldn't there? I there, mean... really there really should have. There really should have because you could. It would have totally been. It would have been. A, it would have been a a knockoff uh, Lucky Charms deal. Yeah. You know, with, or, like the marshmallows would be the shapes of their their makeup. You know, you're,
4: you're <laughs> not really a legitimate children's product unless you're a box of cereal, right? Yeah, uh, Ninja Turtles Yeah, have
2: cereal. Yeah, Ninja Turtles. I mean, yeah, every product, every watch. yeah. Every, you know, so so I guess they never However, when I went to go get Sonic Boom at Walmart when it came out, um, this was what 2000 that was their
4: 2009 album.
2: Nine, okay, thank you. Um, and they had for ten dollars I kid you not ten dollars basically what amounted to is a king size bag of kiss MMs. <laughs> For what? ten dollars.
6: Wow! <laughs>
2: not even not plain M and M's, mind you. Not not peanuts. No, no, not not peanut butter. There were no pretzels. Just milk chocolate M and M's.
3: They're just like <laughs> black and white, right?
2: Yes, they were. No, they were black and red.
6: That doesn't even make sense.
2: Yeah, no. it doesn't.
4: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that's was, the thing. like oh what. Well just for for historical context, so when KISS first debuted on the music scene in nineteen seventy-three, they really they hadn't quite developed their personas yet. Um, but they once they did, they were sort of not really well regarded and they had some albums that they recorded while they were on tour. Um, uh, yeah, you know, they, they just kept churning them out. But they just didn't generate into sales, really, even though they had an outlandish uh, persona and outlandish concerts. And then that's when Alive came out, and that's when you got to feel the uh, experience of a Kiss show and just the sheer energy and the spectacle and the, you know, all of it, how big it was. And that album revolutionized the concept of a live album. And
2: also, oh, oh, yeah, there, I'm sorry, that, I well, don't want to cut you weird. off. I just wanted to. Uh, interject something too it was actually a really excellent marketing ploy too for kiss because they um they weren't selling a lot of studio records mm-hmm. but they were you know but when you went when you went to go see kiss live after they released the alive record they did a tour and you actually could buy the record at the show so mm-hmm. not only were you be able to you know go to see them live but what's a more cool souvenir than taking the show home
4: Exactly. Well, and, yeah. and nowadays, how common is that? You know, and, very common. And, and, well, and then, and then, I got
3: junk from a Rob Zombie concert once.
4: Yeah. Well, and then you had um, <laughs> the fact that it was uh, Paul-
0: a better well, live yeah.
4: band. You had uh, Paul- you had Paul Stanley who uh, was talking of uh, you know is talking about uh, the fact that when they first started doing merchandising, it was seen as very uncool, but to them. They always saw it as going hand in hand with rock and roll, and it really goes hand in hand with what Kiss is. They were always about just the spectacle of it and just, you know, getting their image out there. And um, it uh, just—that's kind of why they are what they are.
3: Um, I can kind of see uh, that. Cause I've, I've always found their music kind of bland. Like nothing about it really like excites me very much. But,
4: well, I love I love Kiss for the thing I'll say is that I do feel like they are if you didn't have the image of Kiss and you just had the music, you'd have some good songs, but it wouldn't really stand out from the pack of like A C D C or other like seventies hard rock bands, um necessarily. But that's again, that's the whole idea of KISS is that they are just this larger than life thing and that's why the concerts are so big and everything is big, you know. Um but yeah, that's so kind what, of Yeah, but that's kind okay. of the
6: what was your
4: take? The background. On this for film? It. Me? Yep, go ahead.
6: Um it was really bad. This movie yep. is just so <laughs> bad. It's like the <laughs> plot makes no sense. It, the acting is awful. It's just I mean it's really cheesy, so I like it in like it's so bad. It's almost good, but it's also not good.
0: But you could get a hell of a drink. I don't of, that, uh, of you were actually did the, uh, did this in out. Of it. I'm Somewhere. sorry,
6: you were breaking up.
0: Christ, I understand that uh, you uh, you Katie Kadavra, and Ryan were actually on an episode of doing this in KISS outfit.
6: For Degar's Dark Coffin Classics, we did an episode where we showed this movie and we dressed up like KISS. We had an all-female KISS band and then we had other people dressed up like other rock stars. It was actually a really fun episode. It made the movie palatable. It's available on Vimeo. That's how I saw it. It is.
4: That's how I watched it too.
6: Vimeo.com slash DDCC if you want to check out
4: our episode. Yeah, the um, I thought that was a neat way to do it because I assume that you managed to kind of work it in within the commercial breaks or whatever that would have existed in the uh, TV special anyway. Right. Yeah.
6: Something like that, at least close to it.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. And uh, the version you showed was the European version, which apparently was the... Better version.
6: It was. Um, yes, yeah, so we showed the European version, which it was allegedly better. Uh, I have no desire in that case to ever see the American version.
4: <laughs> I've seen. It. I saw a few clips from the American version that weren't in the cut that I saw. Like there was some. There was some worse dialogue that was left out of <laughs> the European cut. Um, like apparently, Ace Frehley did not have enough lines initially. They felt, and so they wrote some more. In for him and some things like that, but you know, it would they'd say stuff like good, qu- good, good question, Catman. What do you compute, Space Ace? Insufficient data at the moment, star child. You know, it's the what the fuck? Yeah, what they'd is- say things like that, and so luckily they managed to cut out a lot of that stuff.
3: It was the 70s, I just assumed people talked like that. I don't know,
4: <laughs> <laughs> but um, what does Katie think of the film?
7: Oh, I, I pretty much can mirror what Celeste said. Like it's, it's really, really bad, but um, it's it's fun at the same time. So, and it was really fun to do that show as well. I think yeah, um, that was a lot yeah, of fun. It was, it was a really yeah, it was a really fun thing to do, and I will always have fond memories of this movie because of doing it, doing that same show. Here. Uh, Yeah, so it has a warm spot in my heart. And then, of course, anything that's Kiss just reminds me of Ryan. So I like it for that reason, too. But Uh really, as far as it it being a a great movie, like, I tried to brush up on it again last night. And not only did I fall asleep watching it, but I fell asleep watching it at, like, 10.30 and didn't wake up till 3.30 in the morning. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I felt hard.
5: That's the intended purpose. (laughs) (laughs)
7: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that tells you about this movie, but Normal. clearly it's it's not my so, favorite. But So
4: you pull the trigger of his love gun, is that what you're trying to say?
7: All day. Yep. Oh,
4: yeah, it. speak Speaking of uh, female KISS members or whatever, the album cover of Love Gun has women with the KISS makeup on it as well as the band, so there is a precedent for it. <laughs> um yes. Yeah, I uh,
6: think we were cuter than the original band members, but that's not really
4: saying like.
7: Way cuter.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Gene Simmons is not exactly cute, I don't think. Very fuzzy. Not that he was meant to be cute, but still. Um, He was
7: cuter in Trick or Treat.
4: Yeah. (laughs) So cute cute I didn't even recognize him when I saw it. (laughs) Perfect.
3: Why was he like Tiger Dragon? Why was he like Kintaro, like fall and shooting fire like what was that
7: so he could have laser eyes
4: well his um the demon fire so the uh the designs of their uh personas they were things that they had all come up with and um gene simmons was the demon and not only was his makeup somewhat you know demonic influence but his costumes tended to be sort of a mixture of like a vampire and a little bit of japanese behind it as well with his hair um so, I think that's kind of a uh, that that's part of what made them stand out.
3: They had like they like fought samurais and like various monsters, like, what the fuck was this?
4: Yeah well, it's, uh, uh,
0: like an, uh, well and also
4: also for uh, also for historical context, keep in mind that this was at around the time when Marvel Comics began publishing the first of many, many, many many more series of kiss comics yet to come. That got published by all kinds of other comic companies, but um, yeah. So at that time, you had uh, Kiss Comics. You had uh, you had um, the first issue of which the red ink they uh, had mixed in with uh, vials of their own blood, which got delivered to the printing press in an armored truck. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so they yeah the red in uh, in the first issue. Had mixtures of all four band members' own blood in them. These
6: uh, are
3: valuable, aren't
6: they? That's cool. I'd get that.
4: Yeah, it's it was pretty. Yeah, this is the thing. They were really pushing the envelope in a lot of different areas. And, um, you know, as uh, much as we may look back on them in a, whatever way we're going to do that, um, however we choose to, um, I it's think that you definitely doing. have to give them credit for pushing the boundaries. What does uh, Brandon think about the film?
5: Well, Brandon thinks that that I should have been a bigger KISS fan before watching it. Um, I, I always thought of KISS as an okay uh, band with some good songs, but uh, a lot of it being the uh, performance, really, that made them as great as they were. Uh, but... I feel like when I watched this, I felt like I was watching a Scooby-Doo cartoon, which is... <laughs> but uh, I thought to myself uh, that if I was really a Kiss superfan, if I had read the comics, had the figurines, known all the Kiss lore, this would be the thing I would be on my, on my like, hands and knees worshipping as it came out through the door because this is to me, this is what this was made for. It was made for
4: the true
5: ultra KISS fan. And uh, I could feel that like throughout the entirety of it.
4: Mm-hmm. Although although the uh, super fans, uh, the fans at the time and the band themselves and critics were not terribly happy. Although <laughs> subsequently the film has gotten a cult following from KISS fans. So. More than likely, as uh, the lore expanded, then indeed it did become that which you just said. So
5: yeah.
4: And and apparently the idea of the talismans came from comics. So yeah,
3: that was.
4: So I, in a in a way, this is kind of a superhero movie when you think about it.
3: I suppose. I mean, I had no I had no idea like what their thing was, and so when Sweet. that like just suddenly showed up, it was like, what?
4: Yeah, well, their their personas they they're uh, the demon, the star Star Child, Catman, and Space Ace or the Spaceman. you know. So they're all rather superheroish in their designations. So that's it. That has a precedent as well. And um, but yeah, that's the speaking of the Scooby Doo stuff. I mean, obviously it's Hanna Barbera uh, doing it, so without a doubt, I'm sure that the plotting. Uh, gets some inspiration from Scooby-Doo. But I think they just
3: took a Scooby-Doo script and like threw Kiss in it.
4: More than <laughs> likely, except then, in 2015, you had the actual Scooby-Doo and Kiss crossover movie. That uh, happened? Yeah, then, well, that Sco- happened Scooby-Doo earlier. crossed over with Batman, with Kiss, with WWE, twice. Yeah. Uh,
3: I still like the one with Zombies. That was the best <laughs>
0: one. Yeah, it's, the Harlem
4: Globetrotters. Harlem well, Globetrotters, Vincent Price. Uh, they did. We um, just recently they did uh, Supernatural. I think they had a crossover with them.
3: Are you fucking kidding me?
4: No, <laughs> it's true. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, but the uh, best
3: one. The best one was the Robot Chicken with Fred of the Thirteenth. You need to look that up. That's pretty great. Yeah. They all fucking die.
4: Um, <laughs> now, what does Andrew think about this? extravaganza
1: um well i have to say i absolutely love this movie soundtrack the rest of it was crap
6: (laughs) here here
5: (laughs) i can agree with you on that
1: (laughs) um and and uh even more than like the crappy acting it it was just the the director just fell through time and time again it's just like (laughs) Okay, one character's like most memorable line is going to go "Ack" at the end of a movie. Okay, Mm -hmm. all right, and Gene (laughs) Simmons—you can't even tell what the hell he's saying.
3: Yeah, he had that like voice mixing or whatever. It's like I guess he's supposed to be a demon, apparently, so that makes sense. that was too
1: much. Exactly. And and then the talismans, they kept it in an unlocked box, (laughs) in an unlocked glass case, in a home with no security whatsoever.
4: Yeah, Yeah, and, and this guy who makes these animatronics at a theme park that isn't Disney World can somehow invent a laser gun.
6: Yeah, the plot yeah. was weak.
3: That interacts with the magic of the fucking
1: talismans
3: somehow. Like, what is like,
1: dude? Do you know how rich you could be just by you know not working at an amusement park? Like <laughs> go to like NASA <laughs> for God's sake.
6: We're figuring out the plot of this movie.
1: And <laughs> he wouldn't be the fan interesting.
0: Of <laughs> interesting is that Gordon Hessler, the director of this film, um. He- <sighs> uh asked uh, uh I, I think Amicus uh Amicus Horror prehammer um film director before he, he uh, 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 a movie te- a teacher basically he uh he directed the Oblon bo- uh, 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 box uh He's version good. of Desai. Uh, scream and scream again! Cry of the Banshee! Murders in the Rue Morgue! These were all. Oh, and the Golden Voyage of Sinbad. Why good movies? <laughs> Those are
3: great yeah, movies! So. Wow! How did this happen? What's well,
1: this I think
4: funny? The, How the. I think it's just kind of the corporate entity kind of jerry-rigged with it, as George Lucas would say. But I think also, um, I mean, think about. Um, Before and since, think about, like we talked about last week, think about musicians that make it into the world of film and how very rarely that ever works out. I mean, the best best examples of that would be Purple Rain and 8 Mile, you know, that I can think of. And, uh, you know, then you kind of go down the ladder from there. Uh, one thing I'll say about this film, because I, I enjoyed it for what it was, it was really cheesy and just not good on an objective level. But, you know, I do like Scooby Doo. I love Kiss. Uh, and it kind of, honestly, it kind of reminded me of uh, 70s superhero TV like Wonder Woman and the Amazing Spider Man uh, short lived TV series. Yeah, the next uh, guy. Yeah, not, not, not very great, but still kind of amusing for what it is. Great music, of course, and uh, just kind of one of those ones you kind of like to make fun of. Well, one thing I will say is that I did enjoy it more than other things that I've seen that were musicians uh, doing movies, particularly like uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker it, as a whole film. That doesn't work at all because at least Kiss meets the fan of the park. At least that has a plot, as uh, as, as uh, flawed as it is. But Michael Jackson's Moonwalker really—it's kind of hard to even talk about unless you talk about each individual segment. Um, yeah you because know, even the smooth criminal segment, that's like the only part that has some something of a plot. Everything else is just disjointed nonsense, really. but you know, interesting, well produced you know music videos basically, but no coherence whatsoever.
3: Yeah, uh, unrelated thing I found I just found out that John Landis did the thriller did thriller and I was like, wow, he was involved yeah. in everything great.
4: You just knew, you just found out about that. Yes. You got a lot to learn, buddy. I
3: do. Like I had never <laughs> before. I saw this. I had never seen kiss like kiss kiss. Like I'd seen people in the costumes. I'd seen pictures of them. I'd never seen them in the costumes moving around.
4: <laughs> and, What's And having having done so, what do you think of makeup. the
3: film? Um. Well, uh, the movie was pretty fucking bad. Uh, we're not gonna. <laughs> you know, we're not gonna lie. Uh, it was kind of awesome in its own, just, like, what is this shit way? Like, when the the magic, like, powers started happening, um, uh, like, that kind of got my attention because it's like, wait, what? Um, uh, and, like, the stuff with the talismans, like, it's, everybody's, like, apparently they are Kiss Comics, but, um, fuck. Uh, <laughs> I had, like, a long Facebook status about it where I was just like, what's happening? What's going on? What the hell? because um, I... I knew of Kiss, but I, I came into this more or less knowing nothing really about Kiss. Um, in fact, I so there's a Family Guy episode where they seem to where they parody this particular movie. Apparently, um, like Peter's trying to watch something called Kiss Save Santa. It's like some Christmas special, um, and it has like these little clip moments where like you only see bits and pieces of this thing in the episode, and it's. It's just crazy stuff. Like they're in they're in a pterodactyl nest. And it's like, oh no, we're in trouble. It's like, wait, there's one thing pterodactyls can't stand: the screech of a guitar. Plays some notes, the pterodactyls like fly away, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is basically what I'm watching. And in my head, I'm still calling this damn movie Kids Save Santa" because like I can't, I can't unsee it
4: uh yeah, um, I, I have not seen the scooby- doo and kiss crossover movie but I would like to uh just for the sake of comparison because like we have all kind of agreed this plot of this film is very 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 similar to scooby-doo um although I really like scooby-Doo and I like it be it, great so. if it was the
3: same plot wouldn't it be great if it was like the actual same plot
0: just like a little like, bit more d- well done Well, pretty
4: much it pretty and, much, it pretty much some- is but
0: myself.
4: What'd you for say? being
0: unbelievably bad for some corny-ass reason, I enjoy watching it.
4: Yeah, yeah. Believe, believe me, I've seen way worse in terms of movies in general and movies starring musicians. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't good by any means, but it was at least entertaining.
6: But the Dead Crew star and Classics part, that was good, right?
4: I guess
3: yeah, we're fine, yeah. <laughs> Although, where it's like, oh, I'm just this guy. I don't know how I got here. We know that's you, Dead Guy. Don't oh, what what. Well,
7: yeah. Let's be honest. It was a good match with the acting in the movie. I think we carried our own acting very well. I think it fit very well. I think so
0: too. Well, the maybe I, why why I wanted to talk, uh, talk about the. We talked about one dealing with uh, with uh, Gene Simmons. A movie that I know technically Kiss is, invo- is involved with.
4: Well, as the stars, Simmons, but they, they were like in. Uh, the, as the stars, yes, but they were also in the movie Detroit Rock City, which was all about Kiss and. I fans love that movie. Yeah, trying to get to That's a, a good true. One.
0: And uh, there is a recent film that uh, 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 Todd Sheets is involved with. Uh, in that, uh, that at the end of a zombie apocalypse, Gene Simmons in Kiss uniform steps out. A movie called, called "Dreaming Purple Neon." Uh, <laughs> uh, the like thing I want. Psychosis fantasy thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of so it was kind of hilarious to to see, to see fully dressed like end kind of a zombie film yeah
4: well but i guess that the um the thing to also say with this film is that it wasn't very well it was very highly watched you know because again they were the biggest thing ever Um, not very well received initially, the band members forbade anybody working for them, like in the staff or anything, they forbade them to mention the movie in their presence for a long time. Um, (laughs) Yeah, because they were very embarrassed by it. But then it subsequently has become a cult following with Kiss fans. Um, I think if for no other reason that it is sort of this amazing relic of the past, but also that it does portray them as the, you know, kind of superheroes that they fancied themselves to be. Uh, but it also, in a weird way, that plus, like I mentioned before, the Scooby-Doo and Kiss crossover movie formally in 2015, you know, so it's like, they, it speaks to the longevity of the band, of the idea of Kiss. Actually, you know, um... What? You know Dustin? what?
6: Do we lose him?
4: I think Dustin was- died. I think Gene Simmons killed him <laughs> <laughs> with his magical fire powers.
3: Oh, there you are. Everything just froze for a second. What the fuck? Um. Yeah, what
4: you are know- we going to say?
3: Yeah, well, you know, this actually made me think a little bit of the Star Wars Christmas special. Like, yeah,
4: I was actually yeah you you beat me to it. I was gonna yeah. bring it out. It came out in the same year, uh you know same thing biggest movie ever. Although I have to say this is infinitely better. Than it, the yeah, Star way better. I don't know.
3: I, I like watching people watch the Christmas yeah. special.
1: Uh,
4: I mean I've, I've watched it more than once, but I have to say it is almost unwatchable. It's so bad. But that's it's
6: part so of what, that's
4: well that's part of what makes it kind of funny. It is because it's so unwatchable, but, like, I have to say just this movie is infinitely better than that holiday special. Oh, yes. Oh, my God, yeah.
3: In order to, um... So, George Lucas had to bribe Carrie Fisher to do a commentary track for Star Wars, and what she requested was she wanted a copy of the Christmas special that she could play to, like, get people out of her house at the end of parties. (laughs) (laughs) That's a real story. You can look that up. That's
4: good.
0: Um... yeah, is there anyone else who has anything else to say
5: I'll actually i had one thing i i had thought about when watching this movie and i don't know why it didn't come to me when we were doing this it was uh it reminded me a lot of um the aquabats uh for those familiar with them and their uh TV, and their multiple yeah. entries um Again, very similar. Of course, obviously, I'm going to guess that the inspiration, of course, came from Kiss originally in some aspects. But that very comic booky superpower, kind of uh, cheesy feel that they have. Uh, though I think they took the uh, comedy aspect to a whole new level with the Aquabats. Uh, but I really feel that they draw a lot of parallels, especially watching uh, their newer shows. Uh, I've been rewatching a lot of that on Netflix, and uh, reacquainting myself. But I think it's that uh, if a lot of the people who have the love for Kiss, much like I enjoyed the Aquabats' music, would probably have found a lot more fun with that movie.
4: <laughs> well, look, it's it. Uh, the point cannot be stated enough that Kiss really was huge, and they were huge in their day. But they have remained hugely influential in a lot of areas, not just their sound and the reinventing what a live performance is, a live album, but also the costumes, the makeup, the look, the feel, you know, the shock aspect because like you know they Gene Simmons would spit fire and spit blood and fly around on the stage and you know all kinds of cool stuff which obviously influenced heavy metal like the, the you know that I think of them more as hard rock. But, you know, it influenced heavy metal for sure.
7: Did Alice well, I think it influences that entire genre, you know, yeah. any sort of edge to music. I mean, I do makeup for a horror punk band currently that draws tons of inspiration from KISS, obviously. Um, and you touched on that piece about it being about, you know, the theatrics and about the show. And when Rat Bat Spider gets on stage, they... Automatically, with the makeup, they have that little something extra that the other Mm -hmm. bands that played before them and will play after them don't have.
4: So, and I think that you agree that that is what does it. You know, that's what gives them that special something that they can't get from not having it.
7: uh, Absolutely, and I think what it does is it takes their talent and it makes it just that much more noticeable. It showcases it correct, correct. Well, it's, it's it gives like, people like something else to add
4: to it it's like you have a really delicious cake and you put this really beautiful icing on top of it right
7: exactly well it's <laughs> it's
4: but it's a little bit more that it's a little bit more than just icing but it's like the icing itself is a work of art on top of this cake which internally is its own work of art you know
7: correct different layers of of artistic you know abilities and the things and all the stuff that goes into that you know when i look at the the makeup and the outfits and everything that kiss wears uh, i know for me just dressing and and making up one member of a band i know how much i've put into the clothes you know the making of the quote-unquote costume it's not really a costume he wears it all the time but um you know, just the, the attention to detail and stuff. As an artist, I can appreciate that a lot. And I think the average um, fan might not understand what all goes into it, but they still are getting something from it. They're still appreciating, and that there's still, like, that understanding that that took a lot of time and effort, and that's something that we don't see from everybody.
4: Definitely. Well, the not, other- if I'm not mistaken, the um, the band... They came up with their own uh designs and I think they did their own makeup, right? Which band? Uh KISS did.
7: Um, they actually I I just recently learned that KISS drew their inspiration from like for their makeup looks from I think from different um comic books like Gene Simmons was some I don't know, I don't know comics, so some black viper or something. I don't know. I don't remember. I'm gonna say it wrong, but I think they got from. Not going to be happy. (laughs) I know. He went to sleep. I told him to stay up, but he went to sleep. He he knows all that stuff better than I do. I forget it all, but But, I think it was comic book
4: characters. But then you do the band's makeup all yourself, right? Yes. And so, how does that? What do you do to make them different from each other and from that which has come before?
7: Well, when I when I first started doing their makeup, I just did it different every single time. Like, I, I first started with Ryan because, obviously, I had access to him. And after I started dating him, I let him do his makeup, like, for two shows before I, I was crawling out of my skin to try it. And I just was like, you know, do you think I could? And he was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, thinking it couldn't be any worse than what he was doing on his own. So right. I tried I tried it one time, and it was... A big hit. So each time I thought, you know, let me think of something else to do, you know, just to test my own skills and then to also get to know the materials that I was working with were crap. I mean, I figured that out pretty early on that I needed better materials. And like, so once I started doing the band, um, we tried a bunch of different things. We actually one time did um a they live theme. Uh they have a song called And I'm All Out of Bubblegum if you're familiar with the movie They Live with Roddy Piper. Oh, yeah. um, Yeah. I did the makeup look of the the alien face. I did the band like that. And I had crappy tools at the time. I didn't have good paints. So I didn't do as great of a job as I might be able to do now if we were to revisit that. Um, But it was just experimenting and trying different things. And we eventually did settle on a look that I now repeat pretty much for everybody. Um, And really the way I got there, like Doug's is a half a skull because Doug has a big beard and painting Doug's beard is kind of difficult. So that was like a no brainer. We were always just doing half of the skull. Um, And I chose the look that I did for Jack based on the fact that he has a really round pumpkin shaped head. And the (laughs) only skull that really doesn't look ridiculous on him is the one that I do, which doesn't really have a side jaw. It's more of a basic like old school horror punk look. And then um, Chris's face is he's one of the more fun ones to do because he has a really pronounced bone structure so i can just follow his bone structure that's already there and i give him like fangs and no bottom jaw because he's got some facial hair on the bottom that i can blend in with black and you don't even see it so that's kind of how i got inspiration for how to do them and and ryan's i just sort of settled on the classic skull because even when we go to horror conventions and stuff it sort of becomes synonymous with his look and with his character of Ryan remains so I just kind of repeat that and we do different variations on that for horror conventions depending on what you know cosplay we're doing or whatever I've done um, several different looks combined with skulls um, for him so really the the inspiration for it kind of just came from trial and error and then being able to settle on something for the band that's just functional because I usually have less than two hours to get all four guys done before we start so um, ha- if I had more time, I would do more elaborate things probably.
4: that's It is really neat to hear you talk about that. One thing that came to my mind as you were talking about that is, um, if you guys remember Batman Forever, you had that gang of people with that kind of neon body paint. Um, it, it's, uh, that might be kind of interesting to play around with if you were to ever Get your hands on that, and that could work well with like stage lighting and things like I mean, that.
6: Body paint, yeah. I don't know if they need to wear less clothes
4: mm-hmm.
6: well, if <laughs> for body paint, yeah. I mean, you well, could face paint that,
7: with it. If
4: you've ever seen that scene in the movie, you know what I'm talking about, but um,
7: yeah, I know sure. what you're referring to, and I've actually seen makeup artists use that um in black light situations or like under strobe lights and stuff. And it is really cool. And I think especially with a skull, like I did a skull look this past weekend at Days of the Dead where I I used color like the basically the same colors that are in my hair. I used to sort of highlight the edges. And we were in the the after party and they had all these lights going and I actually caught I caught a video of my skull makeup in these different lights and they're, as they're changing and how many different like surfaces that I create with um, the makeup. I basically create like a 3D look, but obviously it's flat. Um, and it's just neat how the light bounces off of that. So I think I would have a lot of fun playing with some of those neon colors or colors that might only come out under black light or something where, you you know, using it as like a highlighter basically.
4: Yeah, I mean there, there's all kinds of neat things you can do but that's precisely why there are people like you to be creative and to come up with those kinds of looks because without that then you'd have bands there's... that may be good but they wouldn't have that pizzazz you know.
7: It's that little extra.
4: Absolutely.
7: One
0: more thing I'd like to mention about Kisp before we uh, um uh, is it just Gene Simmons being weird?
3: He got in the news again. Recently. No, um,
0: back when um, people didn't like uh, it, 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 like rock music and what uh, whatnot.
4: Uh,
0: in uh, Knights of Satan's
4: service. Yeah, yeah, that's what they. Yeah, they people keep thinking that Kiss is an acronym for something. They thought it was. Nights in Satan Service, kids in Satan Service. Hey. Keep it simple, stupid. You hey, know, they, they thought it was all.
6: my bonnet off the bed.
4: Oh, what? <laughs> I think we're overhearing something. Oh. Yeah, those. Oh.
0: That's what they. Uh, they
4: they thought it was those those acronyms, but in fact, it doesn't stand for anything. It's literally just what it is. It's kiss. So. But, in any case, if anyone doesn't...
0: anyone else has anything else to add?
4: Um... Well, well, I'll I'll say this. It's better, far better than the Star Wars Holiday Special, and while the individual pieces aren't as good as some of the individual pieces of Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the whole thing of (laughs) Kiss Meets the Fan of the Park, it does at least try to have a plot, unlike moonwalker which is just truly perplexing as a whole i mean individually there's a lot of like really standout pieces
3: Yeah, and you know i've good. seen worse i've seen worse movies well, like in any case
4: yeah. yeah it's like this was at least entertaining it wasn't good obviously but it was at least entertaining good enough <laughs> good enough to, to not make you understand
0: well in any yourself. case uh i thank you guys for <laughs> um I thank you guys for uh bearing with me with the technical difficulties. Uh thank you, Shanta, for inviting Dane back on.
6: I didn't <laughs> do it with Dustin.
0: But uh it- Yeah. Gotcha. Dustin, thank you. Uh <laughs> in any case uh, Um we're gonna wrap up the show here. Uh so um 23 again. Thank you very much. So uh, why don't we start with you, Shanta. Um, uh, What you do?
6: I am Celeste. I am from Dedgar's Dark Coffin Classics, which is a horror host show. Um, I am a co-host on the show along with Dedgar Winter and Victoria Bathory. And if you want to see our stuff, you can look up Deadger's Dark Coffin Classics or go to Vimeo.com slash ddcc. Um, we also run the Dead Girls, which is uh, female fans of Dead Girl of Deadger, and we also co-host shows, uh, help promote it, uh, which also includes Katie Cadaver.
7: Yes, it does.
4: And you That's guys That's a great
7: segue. Thanks and you so guys much. reviewed
4: these movies. Didn't, okay. this, you guys reviewed this movie, didn't you? We did. Yep.
3: That's how we saw it. Uh, Vimeo.com, uh, what? Slash D- DDCC. DDCC. I thought it was like DCCC, and I was like, wait.
6: No, if you think Deadger's Dark Cosmic <laughs> Classics, DDCC. Uh-oh.
0: What are you? Where are you from?
7: Who is it? Katie. Me. Okay, I couldn't hear. I am Katie Cadaver from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And as Celeste mentioned, I'm also a dead girl on Dedgars Dark Coffin Classics, as well as the makeup artist for the horror punk band Rat Bat Spider. Um, earlier you guys heard my boyfriend Ryan Remains, who is the lead singer of Rat Bat Spider. I'm also out of Milwaukee. Milwaukee Horror Punk. Check them out on Facebook, by the way, and Bandcamp and Reverb Nation and Spotify and Amazon and all that good stuff. Uh, Yes, and and, and I'm all over Facebook, too. Katie Cadaver um, on Facebook, Third Eye Open on Instagram. I do makeup. I do um, vests and different clothes, and I'm also a burlesque performer as well.
0: Uh, Brandon, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're from?
5: Uh, yes, uh, I'm, uh, known as Septum send to, to my, uh, small audience online. <laughs> uh, I have a, uh, YouTube channel called Septum send versus the World. Uh, we're all about, uh, physical media. Uh, this, uh, upcoming winter, uh, we're going to be experimenting with some motion capture, uh, technology, so it's going to be um, interesting, probably very bad, and uh, I look forward to continuing to run the channel.
1: Great.
0: <laughs> cool. Um, Dane, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're from? All
4: right. Uh, I am Dane Kyle, independent writer, director, and producer of films out of Charlotte, North Carolina. For the present time, you can connect with me on YouTube. Uh, my YouTube channel is The Dane Kyle, K E I L, and uh, there you can see some of my short film work, and um, including Eternus, which was shown on Edgar's has Got Dark Coffin Classics* once, and it's going to be shown again. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Shanta uh and um also known as celeste uh and um let's see um what else i got into a horror anthology feature film my short film i did which they haven't added me to their imdb yet so i hesitate to say anything overly specific yet but believe me the further news of that is coming Mm -hmm. um and uh David had let me know of a different horror anthology that I might try for uh, that's the deadline is in March of next year so I might be less crunched for time but if I could manage it it'd be cool to try for that one too Um, but uh, yeah just a lot of a lot of interesting things out there um, that I'm doing and uh, more interesting things coming down the pipeline. (laughs)
0: Okay. Um, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do, where you're from? Yeah, uh, I'm
1: Andrew. I'm living in the middle of rural Wisconsin and therefore I really don't do a whole lot related to this apart from personal interest. What Um, part of
6: rural Wisconsin?
1: Something about Reeves. Um, I, I am between... Um, Eau Claire and Wassa, right now.
6: Oh, okay. um, we
1: we have award winning cheese shops in the area, and cows and deer. Sounds like deer.
6: my area,
4: yeah. Um, you got like, cows, you, I, got, you got cows, do you? So, why don't you move along?
1: Because my my wife has a teaching job here. Actually, one, one of the things that I do a lot of is I, I do a lot of tabletop gaming when I can find people. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I'm working on a game for my wife's um, let's see, 5th and 6th grade class uh, about the Alternate History Revolutionary War. So I've been doing a lot of research on that lately, which has been far more interesting than I had expected. Um, I'm not much of a history buff, That's if if the British won? Um, no. Uh, (laughs) This this will be during the
3: war, um,
1: but there will be a uh, subtle magic presence. Uh, If you've read the Elven Maker series by Orson Scott Card, I'm basing the magic system sort of off of that. Ah. um, and then I might throw in a couple of cryptids like werewolves and stuff. Um, instead of having human to human um battles, uh, too often, just because I I mean they're kids and it's a Catholic school and I gotta tone it down a little bit. Yeah, that's, that's probably the more, you know, most interesting thing in my life right now: running a game for a bunch of kids. You know, it so, should
3: do. Um, there's a book of like Wisconsin like monsters and folklore and stuff. And there's something about like the flying lizard man of. Um, Remember where the fuck it was, but there was a there was a, a story about a flying lizard man somewhere in the seventies. Like, look into that. That could be fun to like tinker with.
1: Okay, well, it, it's mostly East Coast stuff, um, so I'm I'm going a little bit more
4: Gothic horror, but yeah. um, well, so, so, South Carolina, into. South Carolina has a has a lizard man as well. Oh, okay. They may have. They may have to. They may. The South Carolina one, the Wisconsin one. They may have to battle it out.
3: Sure. I'm not in uh, South Carolina. Uh, well, I'm, I'm trying West, to keep it
5: more I'm roughly
4: history-based. Uh,
0: <laughs> Speaking of Dustin, our technical genius of the night, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about... Uh... <laughs> technical
3: genius, my ass. I can't program <laughs> thing. Uh, uh, Well, I live in Milwaukee. I go to UW... I GIS and programming with an um, interest in animals, so I want to do biology. Um, I collect movies and pretty much whatever the fuck I feel like at this point. Uh, <laughs> and so I've an off a lot about films, and I love talking about them. Um, I just can't shut up most of the time, so this is, this is good to have an outlet for, for that Uh, I recently picked up the Masters of War box set, uh, which is very crummily made, by the way. uh, Yeah, I've been revisiting that. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my time is I fail to understand how to program shit in Python.
0: (laughs) Alrighty, well, uh, I'm, uh, listening folks uh, that are out there, tune into Dark Coffin Classics as well. Uh, my name is David Streggy. I run this podcast called Inside Movies Galore. I also write on a, blo- a blog called Milwaukee. So, um, Movies Galore of um, Milwaukee. Um, out uh, next week. Uh, so, uh, so, um.
6: For our head. Out, um
0: Helter Skelter next week.
4: Oh nice. Uh, since, I wish uh,
6: I'd be there. I, lo- I really want to watch it.
3: <laughs> I still want to watch that uh, thing about lizards.
0: I suppose we can hold off um No, don't that do that on one. my
6: account. It's all good. <laughs> I don't want to make you guys do that all the time.
0: <laughs> uh, I'm coming
3: back on all the time. Y'all need to put the well, uh, version <laughs> of Alice
0: I have in the lineup. <laughs> the only reason why I wanted to do, uh, uh, do, uh, do it is because, well, you know, Charles yeah. Manson died. Yeah. yeah. So.
5: Okay. So. Actually, have we done? Have y'all done uh, the uh, movie? Um, gosh, what was that? Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, the, uh, Not yet. We haven't done that, but that'd be cool to do for uh, for the December season. Once when it comes, uh, I mean, sometime in December, that might be a great. One. It's like one of the original slasher films, and uh, also fits the season.
0: Definitely thinking of doing thinking of doing some Christmas ones coming up. I get it, including
5: get it. Wait,
0: one. Well, there's, a,
4: there's a lot of them. There's like uh, Black Christmas, yep. Silent Night, Deadly Night. Don't great, Open all, all the way.
3: I get, get them confused. Them them <laughs> there's,
4: there's Krampus. There's Ginger Dead Man. There, is, it Ginger, is it Ginger Dead Man or Ginger? I don't remember. Ginger, Ginger Dead, Dead, Dead Man. Man. I love
6: that movie. They there say are name three in it. of
5: those.
4: Well, there's Actually, there was? are four: Ginger Dead
5: Man
3: versus Evil Bong.
5: Actually, there's many more because they do a lot of crossovers with Evil Bong, and they're making a new Ginger Dead Man movie. Um.
0: I heard about that.
5: Yeah, madness.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, we caught um, a possible Christ- uh, a more when December h- hits, and uh, I-, I know I want to touch on Black Christmas. Um, there's a, a one from Wisconsin, Christmas. Uh, Christmas," that uh, that I might want to touch on because it's from Wisconsin. Uh, we'll def- definitely keep remembering uh, Christmas and um, Deadly Night. A whole December month, too. Nice. So uh, <laughs> we helter-skelter next week. So, oh, yeah. uh, let's keep it witchy.
3: If you take only one thing away from *Silent Night*, *Dead of the Night*, like that's that's it. But that's all I remember about the movie. I probably even have the wrong title. In any case, good night, night, night. Rock, rock and
4: roll all night and party every day. Night. Happy <laughs>
3: Thanksgiving, by the way, because that's a thing.
5: Happy Thanksgiving, Thank all.
4: Thank you. Yeah.
1: I don't know how much value I have in this universe, but I do know that I made a few people happier than they would have been without me. And as long as I know
5: that, I'm as rich as I ever need to be.